All right, welcome back to Unleash, the most legit Celtics podcast in the game. Been a while, guys. Missed you. But we got episode number 112 today. I am your host, Ev, at EvGuyBoston on Twitter if you want to find me and follow me and interact with me over there. We got episode number 112 today. We brought on Robbie from Analytic City, and he also does a lot of great work with us here at Guy Boston Sports as well. So hopefully you guys like that video. Make sure to let me know in the comments down below what you thought of the episode and whatnot. But before we get into that, I have a little bit of a Q&A here that I teased on the Twitter. So I asked you guys to ask me some Celtics questions, and I'm going to give you some answers. So here we go. We're going to start the episode like that. Um, first up, we have Chichumi saying, should the C's bring back Isaiah Thomas? I mean, I'm in. I'm in to bring back Isaiah Thomas. I'm not going to lie. Do I think it's really going to be the building block that wins them a championship? Sadly, no. I think that, you know, he's an undersized guard and everything like that, and that wouldn't benefit the team. But I don't think there's any risk in bringing him back. Like, I don't think he's going to cost a lot of money. I don't think that, you know, if he doesn't work out, it's a big deal. So, yeah, sign me up to bring Isaiah Thomas back with the caveat that I fully understand that it really is for the emotional part of it and not the actual let's go win a championship part of it. Um, Rambler says, how many more trades do you expect? What's a free agent out there that's available you see could see actually signing with the Celtics? Dennis Schroeder, man. We talk about it in the episode, too. We give, uh, you know, me and Robbie talk about it on the episode. I really think that Schroeder could be huge here. I think that, you know, obviously I didn't want to pay him the asking price that was originally, you know, 20 plus million dollars. The guy's market and value has seemingly just shriveled up. Like, some teams get to get him for half of that for a one-year deal. I'm fine with that being a Celtics. New Pat's order says, do you think there's any validity to the Celtics' ownership blocking Danny and now Brad from spending into the luxury tax? I mean, I'm not going to lie. Free agency after free agency would almost say that, oh, maybe that's the case, right? But I just see that not, like, I don't see how that could be the case. I don't, I don't think any owners are afraid of the luxury tax. Like, these guys make so much money. The teams are profitable. Like, I really don't think that uh, that's what's kind of the holdup here. I think that maybe Brad and his first free agency as a, as a GM is kind of like playing it slow and whatnot. Um, Josh is saying, if the Celtics started the season today and could somehow remain healthy, where in the Eastern standings do you have them finishing? I'm not sold on Smart being our main distributor. Need some perspective. All right, Josh, we talk about that in the uh, episode. I'm not going to give it away. I do ask Robbie the same or similar question, so make sure to watch this episode the rest of it to get that answer. All right, guys, I think that's going to do it for the Q&A part. Before we get to the episode, I got to let you know. This episode is sponsored by Foco, Forever Collectibles. If you want a bobblehead, you know that Hawaiian shirt that I wear on stream all the time, the Celtics Hawaiian shirt? It's over on Foco.com. Make sure to use the link that we have with them in the description down below of either this YouTube video, or if you're just listening, it'll be in the show notes as well. All these bobbleheads, I mean, damn near three-fourths of them are all sent to me by Foco. Those guys are awesome over there. Shout out to the crew at Foco. So make sure to use this link in the description and head over there and pick up some bobbleheads for yourself or the Hawaiian shirt or backpacks, anything. They have all the awesome, exclusive, officially licensed gear for all fans. And make sure to hit that subscribe button. If you're watching on YouTube, we are approaching 1,500 subscribers, and I can't thank you guys enough, so hit that subscribe button. All right, Unleashed episode 112. We're bringing on Robbie from Analytic City. Robbie, what's going on? Happy to be here, Ev. How's it going? Pretty well. This is the first time that we're meeting. I know we got linked up a couple months back now with Guy Boston and everything. It's the first time we're meeting face-to-face virtually, so happy to have you on the show. Um, yeah. yeah. You want to you give an intro of just like who you are, what you do? Maybe just intro yourself to everyone watching or listening. Yeah, so um, Analytics City, briefly, um, we are a fantasy projection site, um, so we help people out with lots of tools um, and projections for DraftKings and FanDuel contests. Um, we just finished our first NBA season and now we're gearing up for football. So 
super excited. Got a lot of stuff in the works. Um, and then we also have a basketball blog, which I write. Um, and that's been, been super nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. And we're glad to have you uh, linked up with Guy Boston too. I know you've done some good work for us too, as well as on your own site as well. So, all right, we got, um, we got some NBA free agency to talk about. I feel like not much on the Celtics end. We're going to start there. I feel like the talk of the town right now is how, you know, they're missing out. They're losing on, on this free agency period. Like they're not doing anything. You're watching guys get signed left and right. And the Celtics seemingly aren't signing anyone. Um, to right. me, I, I want to first and foremost say that I feel like people are harping on this free agency period, but people don't understand how many moves the Celtics have already made this offseason. You know, new GM. I mean, he was the coach. I get it. New GM, new coach, couple trades. So what are you uh, are you in the consensus with with social media that this is kind of a, a dud of an offseason or are you because to me it might be a dud of free agency. I'm not denying that. But there's some people saying, oh, it's just another offseason that we've seen Danny Ainge do it. What's different about Brad? What do you think? So I've got a, a little bit of a cop I would answer for you. Um, <laughs> right. I, it's my my opinion that, you know, the the we have the players we need. We have the core we need. And mm -hmm. I think um, it's not extra players we need. It's kind of a mindset change with, first of all, Tatum and Brown getting others involved more. Um and, you know, secondarily getting shooters and, and guys that can play off of them. So I think, yeah, it, you know, it helps to get Josh Richardson, a guy that can, you know, switch one through five and, or at least one through four and, yeah. and is super versatile, kind of a guy that, that Brad likes to get in like a six, four to six, seven kind of wing. Um, so I, I like that addition. I love Horford and Cantor. I think they're great locker room guys. Um, and obviously with Rob Williams, young guy you gotta gotta coach him up a little bit um so i like i definitely like those additions but again i think i think the most important thing for this team is um kind of moving the ball and so that's a change that hopefully doka can um put into place but but i think the players are just a little bit secondary to that yeah yeah i mean and to me i said that about the josh Richardson signing because like I know, and I was too, but everyone was so excited about Moses Brown. You know, he's he's young, he's super, t he's 7'2". Um, but to me, you do bring in a guy like Josh Richardson. I get that it sucks to give up Moses Brown, but that's like instantly a guy that takes any sort of scoring pressure off of Tatum and Brown. Like, that's a guy that can really go and get you 25 if he needs to in a night, which they haven't right. had, and that was supposed to be Kemba, but we kind of, I was a defender Kemba for a while, but we kind of saw him sort of fizzle out. So to me, the moves they've made, it's already setting up for, and we're going to talk about this later on the show, setting up for probably a better season than last year. But I guess my question to you is then, do you think that these this free agency, so obviously we just talked about sort of the moves they made this offseason, this free agency period for whatever, you know, the, the five days, whatever it is that we're into it. Do you think that they're sort of now falling behind the eight ball in this free agency? Because yes, they made those trades, they made those moves, but we're seeing guys sign around the league, two Celtics competitors. Um, Celtics are losing guys like Fournier. Um, where do you where do you make out on now the free agency? Because the moves are all well and good, but it seems like there were a bunch of names rumored at the start of this free agency, and all those guys either th uh, signed or just kind of you know falling between the cracks here. Well, I, I'm keeping my fingers crossed for Schroeder. I'm going to be yeah. honest with you. On a manageable think, contract, I'm in. I, I like that. If he, if I wasn't ready to pay him, because he turned down like 84 million from the Lakers, right? right? If he's yeah. now his sort of his his options are drying out, I'm all in on that. 
Right. And I think, I think we would be kind of buying him a little bit low just because he had a, you know, a bad end to his last season. People yep. aren't, people aren't too high on him right now. I think he has potential to be at least for the Celtics in a role that he could be, you know, 15 to 20 a game score for us. Um, yeah. So I, I think he could be really good. So because that's, he'd, be, that's he'd kinda, be playing for his next contract too. If they got him right. on a one year deal, like I, I don't want to, I really don't know if I could come to paying him like, you know, 20 plus million, like he declined, but I don't know if that's, that offers out there for him anymore. I saw, you know, half that type of thing. I'm, I'm willing to throw that at him. And then he's going to go balls to the wall, trying to play well next year because he's trying to right. make money in the following year. So I'd be all in on that. And, and yeah, we got to keep an eye on that. Cause that would be massive. If he, comes here that kind of changes your entire depth changes your starting lineup that'd be great right and then i think you know obviously the east seems like it gets better every year it's yeah. only you know however many years ago lebron was going through the east like it was nothing um and now it seems like every year there's a few more teams that get better obviously chicago comes to mind first mm-hmm. i mean yeah, they, chicago they, the heat for me the heat are probably mine but chicago getting lonzo getting demar Derozan, like they got quite got, the core. Yeah, they they for sure did. Um, and it, like I said too, the Heat, the Heat picked up Kyle Lowry. They got PJ Tucker. They got, um, they still have Bam, Jimmy Butler. Just like they're, it seems like the guys around the Celtics here are getting a little bit better. The Knicks too. The Knicks just got right. two of the Celtics players from last year. Um, so I you like think what Chicago, the Wizards. I yeah. like what the Wizards did too. I think you know getting rid of Westbrook was, you know, maybe some people didn't like it over in Washington, but I think it was a great move. I think Kuzma is going to come out of a shell. I think Harrell is going to be great. Yeah. Um, I think they got a lot of good pieces there. Yeah, I think so too. And and it, it they're making moves. They have the big trade and everything. They're trying to, from the naked eye, almost looks like they're trying to say, hey, Bradley Beal, like we can, we can try and work on this. I don't know if yeah. that's going to happen. But uh, yeah, we mentioned all these teams around there. And then what, there's nothing notable about this out there. I mean, I do like Cantor. I really do. I think that he's comes in and he's a really good tool to have in your arsenal. But then you have the Celtics. It's like, oh, well, what do they do? You have all these teams in the East that did all these, you know, grand moves. And then you have the Celtics. What'd you get? Oh, well, we got a guy that when we had him two years ago, sometimes Brad wouldn't even play him night in and night. out. Right. He wasn't even a nightly contributor. So um, I guess by definition, the Celtics have not done anything compared to their their competition. But do you think that that's you know, like I kind of used the phrase earlier behind the eight ball. Do you think they're signing? They're they're now they're giving other teams a head start. They're starting with a handicap, or are they kind of playing it slow and they're going to be fine? I think again, um, the, I mean, the biggest changes I think are head coaching change yeah. and and getting some of these veteran pieces that I think hopefully will change the the culture a little bit. I mean, obviously, it was frustrating for me. I'm sure you, all your listeners, mm-hmm. watching the lack of ball movement last year was really painful at times. So I think that has to be the the number one thing on the agenda this year is getting the ball moving. And I think things will fall into place. Um, yeah. Once we do, once we start doing that. And I feel like that comes from like a, this is going to sound weird, but like if guys are just enjoying playing basketball on the team that they're on, they're going to, pass the ball it's going to come like second nature you know they're not going right. to have to worry about hey tatum you got to work on passing the ball i mean maybe you know he's, he's getting better and better at that same with jalen but if guys are just like you know ride or die with their teammates that ball movement that sort of offensive flow is going to come and i have a feeling and i'm not breaking any news or dropping any jaws here but last year just got so stagnant and stale to these kids that they're just like i mean i'm just going to get the ball and i'm going to try and go score like what right. else is there like i'm, I'm going to i'm going to pass to semi in the corner like that's fun 
So, I mean, to me, we'll miss the, him now. Yeah, I think I, I, I have a feeling Sammy's going to go to the Bucks, and now he's just going to be like a perfect player for them. He's going to drop 20 on us next time we play him because that's just how the guys that we let go of go. But, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it is, uh, it is a little refreshing to hear, hear guys like, you know, even I know that trade still, I guess, is working on, but like Chris Dunn, like, could he be a factor? You know, all these names that you've heard of, maybe they give you a little bit more because the Celtics right now at guard are Marcus Smart, Peyton Pritchard, and then Chris Dunn, which is super, super thin. Um, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what the summer league holds. Maybe Yamadar can, can yeah. show something or uh, our, our rookie, Yuhan. Who knows? Yeah. But- both of those guys have talked like they want to make an impact. It's easier said than done, but Yam was right. like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going back. I'm not going back to Israel. Like, I'm I'm going to play this year. It's like, oh, right. Well, all right, well, that's good, yeah. Um, do you have any confidence in those guys? Are you? I know you said you want Schroeder, so take him take him out of the uh, rotation, for example, or Schroeder, I guess. He, I feel like he changes his name like 10 times a year. But any yeah. of the guys that we have <laughs> right now, who you? what are you confident in that rotation? I mean, I think... I think Marcus Smart had a down down year last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know I don't I don't have the three point percentage off the top of my head, but he shot worse last year than he did in the previous years. Um, so I think he and of course he had a, an injury of some kind. I think it was a hamstring. Yeah, it was um, Achilles or hamstring. I remember he heard it against the Lakers. Was it? Yeah, but yeah. So I think you know, and we've seen in the past he can really be a facilitator. Um, there were times when I thought he was the best passer on the Celtics. So I yep. think, I think he can be that point guard role. Um, Yamadar, obviously, you know, all I've really seen of him is highlights. So I'm super curious to see what he does in the summer league, what he can do. Um, but at this point, I think most likely scenario is smart starts at the one and, you know, we fill it out with either Neesmith or um, Richardson, someone else. Yeah. So we can have a big lineup that Brad likes. Yeah, because I think you know, I, 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 it's inevitable. Like, Pritch, if Marcus Smart's on the team, I don't think Pritchard's starting over him. And then you're even relying on a second-year guy. Like, that's super risky. And I know people love Pritchard and and what he did last year, but you can't forget too the kid. Like, he just disappeared multiple times like during games, and that's fine. Like, I'm not knocking him for that. But for him to be your now backup point guard, I do think you have, I guess, an issue until proven otherwise. You know, like he needs to prove himself. So being able to kind of run bigger, maybe you say Josh Richardson or Tatum becomes a little bit more of a point for like there are options here because you're getting guys, I guess, Josh Richardson being the notable name that can handle the ball, can make things happen with the ball, you know, can do a lot of different things. So um yeah. I'm 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 liking the idea of smart Richardson Tatum or Jalen Tatum and Rob Williams, and then maybe it's Al Horford, who knows like how they want to play it, but the starting lineup isn't as bad as some people might think. Like, I think that that's a better starting lineup than, you know, probably when Kemba was out, I guess. Um, just because you throw in Richardson and all of a sudden it's like, okay, boom, you got a guy that literally, you know, he's not, maybe he doesn't drop 20 a night for you, but it's a guy that has, you know, you can't even count how many 20 point games he's had in the NBA. He's a legit player. So, right. um, I like that. I do, I do kind of to, to, I guess I I won't say that the Celtics will contend next year unless they do get another guy, which I think Schroeder probably is the only name available that's going to almost, I'd say, not put them over the top because I think they're still a couple years away. But to me, it's like this team, as comprised right now, I think just kind of turns into a, a better version of last year where you probably don't have like the annoyance factor, you don't have the frustration 
but they're still probably, you know, outside of the top three in the conference or hopefully right. in the top four, but definitely not towards the top of the conference. Um, I guess we could jump to like, what's your expectation? If you look at this as a whole, everything we've learned so far, what is your expectation um, for next year? Just just a, a point about what you were just saying. I think people forget with Josh Richardson, you know, with Miami and with uh, Philly in the past, he was kind of he was more of a primary ball handler, and he was he was a scorer for them. Yep. Uh, he can shoot it. Obviously, we know what he does on the defensive end. But I think you know a lot of times with with guys like this, he just came from Dallas, where obviously it was a weird situation. Um, with Luca and, and obviously it was tough for him. He got taken over essentially by Tim Hardaway um, yeah. come playoff time. But I think he could have a, a resurgence with the Celtics. Uh, sometimes it just takes a new scenery for a guy and new teammates to kind of get back to their old ways. So I think um, I think Josh Richardson could be a, a key piece for us. Yeah, I mean, I th- it was either, you know, his last year or second to last year with Miami. I think he literally was a 20-point-per-game scorer. Like yeah. and, and those – those numbers are here. They're there for the taking with the Celtics too. You right. know, it's like you have two guys that are the primary scorers right now, and then you jump to like a Marcus Smart or something like that. So there's no reason why, if anyone at any point in the Kemba tenure here thought that hey, you could have Kemba score 20 points, you could have Tatum score 20 points, you could have Brown score 20 plus points. There's no reason why you shouldn't be thinking that about Josh Richardson just based right. on probably like a year and a half of of him sort of fading into the you know background there when he wasn't really the primary ball handler for his teams but um that'd be i mean that that'd be incredible i still think you know if you could have schroeder josh richardson tatum and brown all you know combining for what maybe 70 points a game that'd be absurd that 70 seems like low too when you think about the average that they could so that would be absolutely incredible so i don't I, I definitely don't want people and i've said it on on the show on the channel and on twitter like you can't you can't underrate what or underestimate, I guess, what Josh Richardson probably not even can bring. I think it's more or less like what he will bring to the team. Like, I think it's, I think he's going to fit and going to play really well. Um, So back to that question too. So with that being said and, and forget, you know, where they are right now, forget the possibility of shooter or any other free agents out there. Um, Assume Marcus smart is still on the team where we are right now where do you see this team going? Cause like I said, I still probably, I'm probably looking for more information before I lay my final claim of like where they're going to be. So everyone listening and watching, I think that this, this is Robbie's informed opinion up to this point, things can change, but where do you think, um, you know, seed wise, end of the year wise, how are they finishing? Where are they getting to, um, what's going to happen type of thing as, as, um, as they are right now? Yeah. I mean, Hmm. I think it's it would be naive to think that anything could happen to make us uh, get ahead of the the Nets or the Bucks. Yeah. Um, the Sixers too. I think you can throw in that category. Yeah. Uh, all three of those teams are uh, juggernauts at this point. They're going to be coming with similar rosters and um, some of them with additions. Obviously, I think Patty Mills is going to be huge for the Nets. Um, so I think. Definitely not in the top three. That, that was another guy that I was kind of hoping for. A cheap guy come in. I get that he's the undersized guard that no one wants type of thing. Like no one wants yeah. another small guard here, but a veteran guy that still has like the quick first step and everything. I would have loved to see him here. And then to see him go to the Nets type of thing is, I feel like we've seen that a few times now with guys that the Celtics were like rumored on and um, yeah. then they go to the the, the leader. It's uh, so frustrating. Frustrating. 
but yeah, after those three teams, um, I mean, the Heat, the Heat are obviously another team in there that you got to worry about. Now with Lowry, it adds a whole other aspect to their roster. Um, yeah. But I mean, I think we could we could be at around that five spot, um, which is a I fine think. position to be in. You know, obviously, if you're playing well at the the right time, anything can happen come playoff time. Obviously, so yeah. And that's like that's so much better. You were in a play-in game last year. You know what I mean? Right. To be a five seed, and and probably you know if you're playing well enough to be the five or the four seed, the only reason you're not at the one, two, or three type of thing is because of how good the teams ahead of you are. So it's not even like a. Yeah. It, it, I I honestly think that and. The Celtics are a big team um, with fan expectations and whatnot. Like that's always a huge thing year in and year out. That's yeah. the type of performance that, you know, no one wants to be like, oh, our team's a five seed. But coming off of last season and coming off of what they did last year and how they played and how bad they played sometimes, I have a feeling that would be sort of a breath of fresh air to the fans. And then also just to like the players and like they would feel like they took a step up. And that's what I'm kind of always not afraid of. That's not the right word, but thinking about Tatum and brown and having these sort of like hey um you know we're not getting better this year you know i want to be here for my whole career i've said that but at what point are we gonna you know start the climb like i get it we're young but we're ready now type of thing so as long as there's this progression i honestly think that tatum brown start to see the light at the end of the tunnel um and not that it's pitch black right now but you know they neither one of them can be happy with how the season went last year, you know, especially when they were feeling they were playing so well, Tatum almost being an all NBA and Brown being an all-star. Like to me, it is, it is about those two guys. And like, you have to make progress to make anyone want to stay in this league. Like I get it. Tatum's on record being like, I want to play for one year or one team for my whole career. Brown saying he wants to go to war for this team and wants to stay here type of thing. That doesn't matter tomorrow. That could change if they feel like they're being, you know, just kind of tugged along. We've seen it happen before. That's for sure. Yeah, I think that I think that this league could be a pretty uh, big example of that. Nevertheless, the uh, the Celtics in the last couple of years. So yeah. I mean, that's it's it's totally true. So I think we're in a similar boat. We have them at the four. Four is probably like the goal because you know you have the juggernaut teams up top. Five seed. Right. I so think. I I honestly still think you know you end up maybe you know taking whoever you're playing against, but like a second round exit. But again, that even still is going to end up being somewhat of a, a step up. So I don't know how much I, right. I hate that. And and we are forgetting, like we're talking about, you know, how this team got better in the moves they've made, but there could be such a, and we've talked about it too though, but there could be such a culture shock in a good way of bringing in a new coach. And, and maybe yeah. the guys do like Brad as the GM and all this. And it's like, oh, well, actually, we do have Tatum who can play like a top five guy. We do have Jalen Brown, the all-star. Maybe we get a resurgence from Josh Richardson, and all of a sudden you start realizing, oh, damn, we are closer to the Nets, the Bucks, and the Sixers than we think. So, you know, it's like, yep. yeah. And, the, how about, the, and how about Rob Williams, who is going to be in a position, yep. if, he, if he's starting, I mean, we've seen what he can do in, you know, when he gets, when he gets more than 20 minutes, he puts up some crazy stat lines. So yeah. how many blocks did he be, have against the Nets there in the playoffs? I forget what it was. It, was like it might have been eight. Nine? It might have been eight. eight yeah. yeah. Wow. But I think potential quadruple double this this year for uh, Rob he, Williams. He is a sneaky good passer. Like, he, he's <laughs> yeah. a sneaky good passer. But but it is like think about that. If he takes the step, like I think it's 
you and I probably included, are, are kind of weighing last year in our minds, maybe too much, but like, what else would you do? You know what I mean? That's the last Celtics basketball you, you've seen. But if this team yeah. comes out and Jason Tatum has a fire under his ass, Jalen Brown has that look in his eyes, you know, Udoka wants to have these guys play with some balls. Like all of a sudden you are thinking like, oh, well, the juggernauts up top, I feel like we're just as juggernauty. You know what I mean? Like we have right. veterans, we have the young guys, we have our core. Like there's very little the Celtics are missing if everyone were to play to sort of their peak potential, you know, like they have, right. they have all the pieces, but it's a matter of, okay, well, if one of those pieces kind of flop or fail, then what do we do? Cause they don't have, they don't have the depth or the guarantee that these guys are going to go and play like they should other than Tatum and Brown probably. Right. And I mean, if this year didn't teach us anything or sorry, if this year taught us anything, it's that, yeah, you know, injuries, who knows by the time playoffs come, a team can have a great year, but you know, one injury to the Nets or the Bucks, and all of a sudden it's wide open. So yep. that five seed can all of a sudden be a, a pretty good spot to be in. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I do have the I have the expectation, if I were to use that word, expectation that this year is going to kind of open my eyes, open a lot of people's eyes, and kind of remind them of like the fun Celtics basketball, just because yeah. it is a breath of, breath of fresh air. But I think I've made it clear, and you have too, like. How much I'm also hoping for the fact that it does just get slightly better as a product as you're watching, you know, night in and night out. This is not a team that it's like if I didn't love and, you know, bleed green for this team type of thing, I wouldn't be watching this game. I want to be able to enjoy watching the games again and have fun doing it and then have fun talking about it, which, you know, that's never gone away. But everyone that, you know, has ever done a podcast or written a blog about the Celtics or about any sports in general, it's more fun when you yourself are genuinely having fun and not doing it just to do it or doing it out of spite for the team. Yep. Again, I think a lot of that comes with the movement. Yeah. Ball movement. The number of times I was screaming at my, my TV last year, move the ball, move the ball. (laughs) You know, it just, it was, it was frustrating. Yeah. I think I, and then that was the thing too. And then this is my last uh, little um, tidbit on that ball movement. That was Brad, I remember they were playing the Sixers, a nationally televised game, and Brad, they interviewed him at like halftime or whatever, and he's like, yeah, no, we got to stop the iso ball. We're, we're doing that a little bit too much. And then, you know, they're playing that clip that happened like 10 minutes beforehand or whatever, and then legit like three straight possessions, you see iso ball. And I'm like, okay, well, Brad will tell millions of people watching at home, but he clearly didn't tell a single person on the team in the locker room. It yeah. was just, that was or that they sort of... Or they didn't listen. Yeah, Who that's knows? true. Maybe he was saying it or or maybe, yeah, that could be too. So hopefully we have that whole sort of culture change and, and you know, things just kind of click because we have seen, you know, Tatum and Brown both be in a similar sort of offense where, you know, yeah, they can get their numbers, but they are moving the ball. And I think back to that run without Kyrie, without Gordon Hayward, it's like, I know they were young and less sort of premier players, but Tatum wasn't a good passer then. Brown wasn't a good passer then, but the ball flowed through the offense. You know, it wasn't just yeah. a... Hey, Tatum, you can't pass. It was more or less this team knew where each other was going to be. The ball was moving. So that could be a huge thing. And I think that that does end up um, resulting in sort of better play. I think, you know, no one is shocked by that statement. So we got our fingers crossed or hopes up. But yeah, I know I've been I know I've been dissing the lack of ball movement, but I I really do think Tatum and Brown are going to come out with with that being their main priority this year and i think i i really am hopeful and i do expect a big change in their games so i have a lot of confidence so you know we see it with a lot of young guys um that you know 
they come in and they're great scorers. They have all the talent, but mm-hmm. it takes them a little bit to figure out how to get their teammates involved and when to pick their spots. And right. I, I really could see both of those guys making that leap this year. So yeah, excited and, and, to see it happen. Yeah, for sure. And, and then just like the lat, like sort of to piggyback off that, I think when we both say like ball movement too, we're not saying like, oh, Tatum, every time you touch it, now you got to pass and try and get like 10 assists a game. Tatum, at the end of it, he could start with the ball. Ball movement commences and he could end up being the one that scores on the back end. You know what I mean? Like we're just looking yeah. for the offensive flow. It has it has nothing to do with, oh, well, he's shooting too many field goal attempts a game or Jalen shoots too many times when he touches the ball. It's a matter of being in a rhythm and they might be still that they might have, they probably will have more shots attempted per game than they did last year. But how did you get to those shots? And, you know, how did you play off of each other type of thing is I think what we are um, definitely, definitely focusing on. So I think that's a good point. Um, Any last sort of things about next year that you're looking for or anything around the league at all? Hmm. I'll just, I guess I'll just leave it with a a hot take. Oh, Um, I think well, I, I I think barring barring him being healthy for uh, you know enough games, I think Rob Williams could have an All Star season. Oh, I think I love it. I think we've seen we've seen what he's done in such limited minutes for. I mean, definitely last year, but even even prior years. Um, and I think with this opportunity. The, all the lobs and the putbacks and obviously we know what he does on the defensive end, but a lot of people don't know is his passing. Um, he's a great passer at the top of the key. Um, great in the pick and roll. So I think he could have a huge breakout season. Um, and I think it all depends on if he's healthy and if he gets the minutes. And I'll say this, I, I love that hot take and I'll, I'll, I'll make it even hotter. I'll sizzle it up a little bit too. If Robert Williams is an all-star, I think this team's at the top of the East. And that'd be incredible. Yeah. You have three all-stars. They're firing on all cylinders. They're younger than any other core out there. That would be absurdly amazing. But um, I yeah. do I, I do like that because it's a hot take. But to your point, like if you were to look at any of his sort of, hey, when he plays, look at and compare it to other all-star bigs and whatnot, right. he's an all-star already. It's just a matter of can he do it for a longer period of time. He's got the skill already, which probably is the hard, uh, the hard part. And he's already done it. So can he right. just stay on top of it and be healthy and everything like that? So I love that. I, I do like leaving the show that way too. Cause I think that that <laughs> is like, if that happens, people are looking back on this, um, saying Robbie had it first. So let's see if that happens. But, um, all right, Robbie, you want to, uh, you got anything going on that you want to tell anyone listening or watching where to find you, where to follow you, what you got going on. So feel free plug away. Uh, yeah, just appreciate that. Just, uh, <laughs> check us out at, at analyticcity.com. Um, we're coming out with a lot of, um, you can always check out my blog, but we're going to be coming out with a lot of uh, NFL different tools. If you play fantasy football, uh, we got a lot of cool stuff coming out. So we're excited for you guys to see it. Yeah, and make sure to follow them too. You got a couple different Twitter accounts associated with the uh, the, the site, but Analytic City is the main one. And then I think you have, is it Analytic City DFS? Yep. Uh, so an- analyt- at Analytic City is the main one, and then at City Analytic. So just the opposite is uh, uh, our DFS account. So all of our daily fantasy sports content yep so make sure to go follow him there as always you can follow me on twitter at fguyboston you can follow guy boston on twitter at guy boston sports robbie thanks for coming on i think we'll have you on to uh revisit once once robert williams is an all-star i think we, you know we can uh we can come back and have you take your victory lap too <laughs> good sounds good appreciate right. it yeah we'll see you